Samson understood the source of his strength. In verse 17, Samson tells Delilah all his heart. There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak like any other man. He understood the source of his strength. And it should be noted that the source of his strength wasn't in the actual hair follicles. I mean, it wasn't the hair itself. It was what the hair represented. And that's true of us as well. The hair for Samson represented his consecration and his devotion to God. That's what it represented. And so when that breaks, when that when that is shaven from him, then his strength will go from him, as he said, as he admitted, and I shall become weak like any other man. That's instructive, I think, all by itself for us. Our consecration and devotion to our God is the source of our strength. The passage in Second Chronicles, in Asa 15, verse 2, came to mind. Actually, the entire life of Asa seems very similar, but Second Chronicles 15, verse 2, says that the Lord is with you, speaking of Asa, while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. When the hair of our head is shaven, when our consecration and devotion and our seeking after God disappears, and we forsake him, and the Lord will forsake us, it's, it's exactly the same here as what we see with Samson. Which is why verse 20 is so odd to me in Judges 16. Because he said that he would go out as at other times and he didn't realize that the Lord was not with him anymore. And that seems like a really odd thing to me because he had just told Delilah that if he is shaven, his strength will leave him. I mean, I'm pretty sure he would have realized that this long hair that he had was gone. But for some reason he thought, I'm going to go out as at other times. How could he not know, have known that the power of God had left him when he knew the source of his strength? And I, I, I think that this is true of all of us. I mean, we look at Samson and we think that's kind of silly, not sure how that could be, but that's true of us all. We read a verse like Second Chronicles 15.2, The Lord is with them while ye be with him. If ye forsake him, he will forsake you. And we can go through these periods in our lives when we are clearly not seeking the Lord with all of our strength. We may be still saying our prayers and still going through the motion of religion, but we are, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that we're not seeking him in that manner. And in a sense, we've forsaken him. We've put off prayers or our Bible reading has been 
sort of uh, become very stagnated. And then we think that we'll go out like at other times and still succeed in our spiritual endeavors. Succeed as we witness to people, talk with people, try to raise our families, conduct church, whatever. If you're a pastor, preaching, and somehow it it just will succeed. And we can be like Samson where we don't even realize, even though we understand mentally, we would all agree the source of our strength is in our consecration and devotion to God. But we can go through these periods, like I say, where even though we know that, we forget that and we don't realize that the Lord has left us. That's a scary verse to me. He wished not that the Lord was departed from him. He didn't even realize it. He thought he could just go out like at other times. Didn't even realize it. You know what this causes? This causes the enemies of God to blaspheme. Prayerless and powerless Christians causes the enemies of God to blaspheme because we read down there in verse 23, the lords of the Philistines gathered themselves together. They offered their sacrifice to their God rejoiced and said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And they praised their God. Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy. You're giving occasion by our powerlessness and our impotence for the enemies of God to blaspheme. Psalm 42, verse 3, I just have written here, Where is now thy God? So the enemies of God say, when we are not seeing the manifest presence of God or the power of God on display in our lives, in the life of our churches, we're giving occasion for God's enemies to say, where is your God? Where are these mighty works that you keep talking and singing and reading about? I don't see them. And by the way, that's why I believe we lose a lot of are, say, young people, the next generation, because they grow up and they don't see the mighty works of God for themselves. It's just all talk. Anyway, Samson finds himself grinding in the prison house of his powerlessness, which is often where we find ourselves. But there is a way back, verse 28. Samson called unto the Lord. Yes, the hair of his head began to grow. Again, it's not because of the hair. It's symbolic of his consecration began to grow again. And he called upon the name of the Lord in verse 28 and said, O Lord, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, Only this once. And that is exactly often how I'm praying for my own life, this generation that we're in. I I mean, I, I don't know where you are, but I personally believe we are in the last of the last days. Obviously, we're closer to the end than ever before. I think we all agree on that. But I really do believe we're in the final, final act, the final chapter. And... I am praying that the Lord will one last time send a great 
reviving of his church. Now, we know that evil men will wax worse and worse. I'm not talking about, I mean, that will happen. But that doesn't mean that the church also has to be weaker and weaker. It could be stronger and stronger. In the face of this tidal wave coming in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord can and should and will raise up a standard against him. I believe that, personally, I believe that the Lord will do his greatest work yet. That's what I personally believe. And so this prayer of Samson, strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once. This last time, O God, that I may be avenged of the Philistines from my two eyes. And there are things that we want to be avenged for. Children that the world has taken from us, loved ones. We're praying, Lord, avenge me of my two, two eyes those things that the world has taken from us. And uh, verse 30, Let me die with the Philistines, and he bowed himself with all his might. Obviously, I'm just going to play on words here a bit. Bowing himself in prayer. Not what it means here, but for us, bowing ourselves with all our might. This is significant we're not in the business, I trust, of just saying our prayers. Remember Second Chronicles again. In Asa's case, they made a covenant. Asa gathered the people together and they made a covenant to seek the Lord. How? Seek the Lord with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their desire. That is seeking the Lord with all of your might. So that the so the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his entire life. God can do more in a single moment at the eleventh hour than what we have seen all throughout our entire lives. So that's what I'm praying for. And may God give us the faith to keep praying in that manner. So Samson is a wonderful picture for me wonderful help it's very instructive so let's let's seek the lord now and ask the lord to do just that oh god strengthen me only this once one last time lord do your greatest work